Well, good morning, uh, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you're listening to this Drivecast. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Paul. I'm the teaching pastor for the Marion campus. Uh, I do apologize for the sound of my voice. Uh, It is quite uh, raspy and hoarse and um, oftentimes non-existent. I will try and say a word and air will just come out instead. So things have certainly been better. Uh, But on the the good news, uh, things have also been worse when it relates to the old voice. Um, But all that to say, I'm going to do my best here. And uh, thanks for joining us again on the Drivecast. Well, today uh, we are in Revelation 20, verses 1 through 6. And so uh, you can see the text and you can see the different questions and things in the devotional content found within the LifePoint Ohio app. Uh, these verses, if you are a student of Revelation, you will, you will know that these are some of the most heavily debated and disagreed upon verses in all of Scripture. And uh, here's here's why. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 and we'll We'll go from there. It says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into a pit and shut it and sealed it over him, so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After this, he must be released for a little while. Actually, I want to go ahead and read verse 4 as well. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus, and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now, that sounds pretty awesome, right? Satan bound, cast into a bottomless pit. Believers getting... uh, resurrected bodies so it would see uh, seem and reigning uh, with Christ in this perfect thousand year millennial excuse me not millennial that's a different word millennium kingdom and so the debate then is okay um, when does that happen we know that the book of Revelation is very uh, symbolic in nature and so um, you know is this a literal thousand year period? Um, when Jesus reigns here on earth along, um, with, you know, those who are believers. And so there's these different views. We call them amillennialism, uh, postmillennialism and premillennialism. And these different, we'll call them eschatologies or views of the end times are associated right with this millennium. And it relates to the timing of the return of Christ and, and in regards to the thousand years and what the precise nature of the millennium is. And so um, the amillennialist view, uh, they don't expect a future literal a thousand year kingdom, but rather view it as Christ's reign with his saints during the time between his two comings. So from the time of Jesus's first coming to the time of his second coming, um, the amillennialist view would be that this this kingdom is, is Jesus reigning here and now, right? Um, the the uh, post-millennialist view believes that Christ returns after the millennium age, um, and it's this golden age when the majority of the world is converted to Christianity. And then the final view is premillennialists. They believe that Christ returns before the millennium, um, preceded by a period of intense tribulation. Um, and so there's these just, again, different views. And what I would say is some of us might very clearly align ourselves with one of these different camps and say, you know, that's right. All the others are wrong. Um, here's what I would 
here's where I sort of land on this. Um, I think it's very possible for me to sit down with somebody who has studied this in great depth and um, walk away from that conversation saying, you know, they've got some great points. And then I think it's very likely for me to sit down with somebody who holds a different view of the millennium, sit down with them, hear their thoughts and say, you know, they make some great points. And the point of me saying that is um, I want to encourage us not to focus so much on the camp that we align ourselves with. And I'm not saying we shouldn't study it and have our opinions. Rather, what I what I want us to focus on is, is sort of what, what the point of the text is and what Jesus is saying. And I think it's, it's good to to recognize that there are legitimate reasons people um, align themselves with these different views. I don't want to get too much into that today, but here's what the point of the text is. That Satan is bound and that Jesus is reigning and that those belong to, to those who belong to Jesus are reigning alongside with him. And as we have seen throughout all of scripture, there is this dynamic of already and not yet. And so whether you believe in a future literal thousand year kingdom or whether you believe that that kingdom is now or wherever you land, the point is that, that right now Satan is, is, is limited to a degree, of course. He doesn't have free reign, right? And, and right now you and I, we are reigning alongside Christ to a degree because we are his body. We belong to him. Uh, we are... Um, saved so that we would do good works that bring glory to him. We are saved so that we would be removed from this dominion of darkness that we all once walked in and belonged to, and that would bring glory to him. And so right now, what I want us to think about is, hey, am I, as a believer in Jesus, am I being deceived by Satan in some way? It's much similar to what we talked about last week in this, this phrase I used of, of, of allowing the scriptures to x-ray our heart. Ask the question, you know what, is there an area of my life where where Satan Satan is fooling me, Satan is deceiving me? Yes, he doesn't have power over my salvation. He is bound in that sense. Satan does not have power on whether or not I am saved. Jesus controls that. But Satan can deceive me. Satan can fool me. Satan can trick me. And so... So maybe today I want us to ask ourselves, you know what, am I being deceived? Am I being fooled? Am I being tricked? And and again, I think we can we can know that when we're in the word. We can know that when we're spending consistent time in prayer. We can know that when uh, we are in community with brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I, I want to encourage you today, whenever it is you're listening to this, to ask the question, Again, am I being deceived? And the the follow-up question I want you to ask there is, how am I living out Jesus' reign in my life and therefore extending Jesus' reign and rule in this world? When when we pray the Lord's Prayer, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what we're saying is, God, um, let your reign, your rule be in my life and let that extend and increase into the world. And and I think to do that, again, we first have to ask, where am I being deceived? Draw a circle around yourself and say, fix me first, God, and then allow me, use me to point others to you. Let's pray to that end today. I do want to say thanks again for joining us. And I do want to apologize once again for my voice. Uh, and maybe in the couple of squeaks and cracks there, uh, you got yourself a little chuckle. Uh, let's pray uh, to close our time together. Father, um, we, we praise you for your word and 
And I want to ask in these different uh, passages that are very debated and, and it's easy to disagree, would you not um, have us focus so much on what a camp we align with theologically, but rather focus our hearts, Jesus, on what you're doing in us, what you're doing around us, and what you're doing through us. I do want to ask by the power of your spirit, Father, that you would reveal areas where we might be being deceived by Satan, and that we would repent of those, and that we would find freedom of those, that we would say, Satan, you have no place in our lives. You have no place deceiving us. We belong to the King. We belong to Christ. We are his people here on earth, doing his works for his glory and for our good. God, would you do that in us? Would you be magnified? Would you be glorified? We trust you. We love you. We come to you in Christ's name. Amen.